Hey, everybody. This week we have Christopher Evans of Good Trip, Inc. He is a local artist that I've known for quite some time. Um, had the privilege of traveling with him and seeing some of his art over the past decade, and it's just really brought me a lot of enjoyment. Today we are having some coffee, both from Ethiopia and Rwanda, which is bright and floral and a little unexpected lime notes. And I think Chris is also going to be bright with some uh, unique twists that just make him really interesting. Here we go with Chris Evans. An interesting coffee is a product of its environment. The flavors are shaped by the climate, weather, region, how it's prepared, roasted, and brewed, brings out the subtle notes that make it unique. People's stories can be the same. We talk with unique people and dive into what shaped their stories and successes. This is Sipson Stories. Welcome to Sipson Stories, y'all. This is our guest, Christopher Evans. He is an artist here in the local area, and I'm going to let him tell you more about himself. We also have some coffee guests today from both Rwanda and Ethiopia. David uh, got a little bit lazy today and decided to stop and get coffee from Brew right here in Cary instead of doing a pour over for us, but I got accept it. There's some I just there in that. I didn't want you to have to lug all the coffee equipment. I did this for you. <laughs> I had a meeting this morning. I don't know what you did. Oh, okay. Just take care of our two kids. That's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Well, this is going to be a different show. <laughs> Hold on just a second because Mari's going to be here in 60 seconds. <laughs> we know Chris because, A, we went to high school with him. And then Chris went with us to uh, Zambia in 2015. And so then we got to know him really well in that process. And he gave me a nickname that I really love, which is Queen Bee. So y'all can refer to me as Queen Bee for the rest of the episode. That's dope. <laughs> Veto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chris, tell us, what do you do? So my name is Christopher Evans. I'm from Apex, North Carolina. I'm a full-time artist, full-time tattoo artist, full-time painter, and I create dope art for a living. So where can people find your art if they wanted to just check you out? On all social media platforms, uh, Good Trip INC um, or Good Trip Gallery. On the website is goodtripgallery.com. Or come by the gallery, 416 South McDowell Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, it's a cool spot. One of the questions that I honestly don't know was, did you start, did the desire come from painting first and then you branched out into tattooing? Obviously, you do both. Or was it you wanted to tattoo first and that got you into more of the art painting? I definitely started out drawing, painting, and then tattooing. So I started out drawing. When high school came, I started painting when the art classes started. Around 20, let's see, 2007, I started tattooing. And then 2014, that's when I became a full-time artist, when I started tattooing and painting for a living. That makes so, sense, because no one's going to let you, like, tattoo them as, like, a 13-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> so were you, like, drawing all the time as a kid and then, like, art class kind of made you realize, oh, I have a passion for this? Or, or how did that happen? No, I think I've, I've always known I've had a passion for it. I think the art classes introduced me to other artists that had passions for it, and it opened up different lanes. I never knew anything about paint or pastels or any of the other art mediums. So when I got around other artists, it forced me to put more time into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To actually pursue it. Right. So paint, would you say paint is your main medium, like outside of ta tattooing? Yeah, for sure. Acrylic and oil. Okay. Yep. I knew I recognized you because I just saw your pie pizza's Instagram thing when you painted Einstein. Exactly. Yep. There. Nice. Yep. Friday the 13th. That was like a couple days ago. Yep. Wait, tell me about that. 
you painted like a mural in there or, it was your, a live or your art yeah. is in there? I painted a mural of downtown Raleigh on one wall of the pizza shop um, and then set up that's last Ephraim's Friday. Place, right? That's that one over Ephraim, there? Ephraim. Yep. yep. Ephraim Yates. And then I posted, a, I set up in the dining room last Friday from 7 to 10 and painted Einstein. Yep. Nice. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say about Chris is the amount of art he produces is like mind boggling. <laughs> He's just painting constantly. And I feel like every couple of days he has a like new painting that I'm like, holy moly, that would take me like five months to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I try to stay busy. I, I, I usually do at least two to three live paintings per week. Now, are those usually new? Do you start a new one or do you have a repertoire of, I know I can paint Einstein real good, so today it's Einstein. No, they come to me like 30 minutes before I start. Okay. So last night I painted a five-foot elephant in a few hours, so that's they just happen. I don't think about them. That's cool. Yeah. I remember one time he had this piece of art that you had done with just a pencil, and it was amazing. And I was like, wow, how long did it take you to do this? And he was like, it wasn't terribly big. But it, he was like, yeah, I did that during the Panthers game yesterday. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is it about the live paintings that you like more than just painting in your studio? It forces me to not procrastinate and I feed off people's energy. Yeah. So I like the pressure. I like the compliments, of course. And yeah, it makes me finish the piece rather than check Instagram or go make coffee. Do you ever feel like, like maybe the, the vibe of the room like changes the, you know, the pathway of the painting itself? Oh, every time. So, yeah. What if the like vibe changes like halfway through the painting? And the painting will change halfway through. Okay. Yeah. I try not to put too much thought or have too much control over the piece when I'm painting. I just let it happen. That's super yeah. cool. That's crazy. What do you enjoy the most? Painting for yourself, painting for commission, painting for like live painting? I enjoy the live paintings the most. When I have no direction, no end result, I just like to yeah. paint and see what happens just like everybody else. I don't take that many commissions because I don't, I feel like once somebody gives me a picture to paint and they give me the exact dimensions they want done on in a deadline it turns into work and mm -hmm. i'll start procrastinating as soon as they make a deposit so <laughs> I, 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 yeah i'd rather paint whatever comes out of me and then if it sells it don't doesn't it i keep it yeah yeah so his why don't before we start talking about your gallery why don't we just back up to where you started when we first started to get to know you where were you tattooing out of and just talk us through that journey of where you are now so when I started tattooing in 2006 I was a full-time traveling artist I would keep my whole setup in my trunk and I would drive to my client's house or drive to a party I was set up anywhere in tattoo and then I Started tattooing in my mom's basement. I tattooed there for a few years until the traffic got too crazy. And then I moved in with my pops. I tattooed out of his house for a few years. And then I opened up my first location in 2017 in Garner, North Carolina. And I stayed there for a few years. And then I just moved to the brand new gallery in downtown Raleigh, January 2021. So... It's been a crazy journey. So the gallery is like an art gallery, plus that's where you tattoo. Yes, the, we tattoo inside of the art gallery. Nice. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Like, it sweeps me off my feet every time we drive by. And the thing is, it's right off of McDowell Street, so you have to pass it if you're coming into downtown Raleigh. And then it has this, like, from the street, you just see all these beautiful, like, colorful paintings like even as you're driving so i totally recommend everybody and then you always do first friday events right yep every first friday the gallery is open from seven to ten 
and I'm live painting along with the featured artist of the month. And yeah, we paint from seven to 10 and it's free food, free drinks, and it's a free event. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was laughing earlier because I almost said, and we can just edit this part out. When you said Garner, I almost said shout out to Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not shout out to Ralph. It's his crazy old landlord. All right. He he made my life hell there. Yeah, was, yeah. I guess that's part of entrepreneurship. You don't have crazy landlords. For sure. Yeah. So one thing that we always ask every guest, that's probably my favorite question, and partially because it's related to coffee. But as coffee gets its characteristics and ultimately its flavor, its taste from the environment that it was grown in. What type of like soil did you grow up in? What type of environment do you think made you the artist that you are today? Were you in an especially creative environment? Was it a, a complete like lack of creativity caused you to go the other way? You can take this question wherever you want. But I grew up in a, we have a huge family. So a lot of love. But as far as a creative environment, I don't think so. I, I was the only artist growing up in the house, so mm. I don't think I grew up in a creative environment, but definitely a supportive environment. So whatever I put my attention into, my family, my mom, my pops, everybody would definitely encourage it. So you think that was like a launching pad to be more of an entrepreneur because of that supportive? For sure. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever it was, I think, that I would have decided to do, my parents would have supported it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you think you could have been a bunch of other stuff, you just happened to choose artist, or you think it I was? I could have been an astronaut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Do your parents, are they ever just, I can't believe that you painted this, or I can't believe you drew this, especially like maybe in high school when you were first bringing stuff home? What was their yeah. reaction? Yeah, I don't know if they were like, I can't believe it, but because they they probably saw me growing up drawing it at home all the time, mm-hmm. but they definitely encouraged me. And Yeah. So. One of the first times I ever just watched Chris draw, I was just, A, we were on a, a road trip in Zambia on a six-hour car ride. We're all crammed into this tiny van. There's eight of us, and Chris is drawing on the bumpiest road that you could possibly imagine, like a perfect portrait of this woman that we had met. It it blew my mind. Like, I didn't understand that somebody could have talent. It just, it like blew me away. I don't even remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Could you have imagined where you are right now, five years ago? Yes. And then my follow-up, is then where do you imagine yourself five years from now? That's crazy that you asked that because yesterday I was thinking or trying to manifest my new space, which is going to be a, my first thought was a work studio. And then upstairs would be a gallery, a showroom for people to see my artwork. So I'm not working and um, mm-hmm. hanging my artwork in the same space. Then I had Scott Coates come into the gallery yesterday and he said that the workshop should be upstairs so I have natural light instead of it being downstairs because I was telling him about my vision. Mm-hmm. So in five years, I definitely want a two-level workspace art gallery that I can work out of. So that sounds I'm, awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Still tattooing? Nah, I'll, I'll be done tattooing January of 2024. Okay. Yep. Wow. So like when an artist dies their art goes up in price his tattoos are done in two <laughs> years so you, you should probably like triple the price yeah i mean it's it's my books are getting booked up fast so dang so can i schedule you right now for december 2023 yep dang i think that'd make me the most valuable It'd be the last <laughs> you want to be the last tattoo yeah <laughs> my first and his last That'd be wild. I don't know. That's like, uh, what if he's all lame duck? Like, he's done. He's like, your last tattoo is just like a squiggly smiley face. <laughs> he's, I'm out. Signs it with his name. Go, go out with a bang. You should do it, man. <laughs> I just, I love tattoos. I just, I don't feel like there's anything that I want forever. You just have commitment issues. 
Maybe Bethany's got one. An idea. You've got one and you have an idea for another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got two ideas actually. All right. Well, go ahead and share. <laughs> so I want. Do a consultation live yeah, in the podcast. Yeah. Somebody yesterday was like, are you going to get a tattoo with him on the podcast as you're recording? Man, we should have did that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> I can just put a tattoo noise in on the edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I want a, um, okay, so it's real nerdy. All right. Okay. It's Lord of the Rings. No, I've never seen it before. Okay. You but know what it is. It, it's a movie, right? Yeah. 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 And they were books. And oh. me and my dad read those books together when I was a kid. Anyway, so it's like very symbolic to me, like in a lot of ways. But I want a Hobbit door. So it's just this like little round door to me. It like symbolizes adventure and saying yes to like new things. And then also reminds me of this like kind of special thing that I have with my dad. And then I also want a sheep, but sheep are ugly, but it's like (laughs) symbolic to me. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out how it would be not ugly and also that's my job. I'll, I'll hook it up for you. <laughs> Here's I'll, a rendition of a Hobbit door. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I know you guys can't see that at home, but you that's, can, that's dope. You can look it up. You right. Can, you, you have know. Google. Yeah, Google. What yeah. makes the best tattoo when people come to you with an idea and then you fill it in? Or do people come in like with sketches or stuff they've been and be like, put this on me? Like, what, what makes the best tattoo? As far wondering, as if I design my own tattoo, that'd be dumb. I've never done a tattoo before. <laughs> right. I'd be like, hey, my first one, let's put this on me. No, <laughs> that's a good point. As far as best tattoos, I don't think either one would make it like better or worse. I think that depending on the artist, some artists like a lot of direction, and some artists just want a concept and they just go how I paint. Mm-hmm. But I don't prefer either way. I like to work with a lot of direction. I like people to have specific ideas when they come in, and I like when people tell me. I want a tattoo here. Do your thing. So have you ever met anybody that loves getting tattoos, loves them, but just ran out of space? Are they just uh, bummed out all the time? They're like, they're like I got nothing left. 20% of my clients are like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Where I'm tattooing over stuff or <laughs> squeezing stuff. stuff. I never thought about that. That's about 20%. <laughs> that's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, maybe not 20, maybe 10 or 15, right. but uh, I have a lot some of areas people just don't tattoo. Yeah, yeah, that I don't tattoo. Yeah, I would say. Even if they wanted it, be like, no, thanks, pass. (laughs) One thing I want to ask you about is, and I honestly can't remember the story, but how in the world did I convince you to come to Zambia with me, with us? I know I've always wanted to go to Africa. Uh So whenever you invited me, it wasn't like a, it was an easy decision, but I don't remember. I don't remember the conversation when you. So, h- had you been out of the country before that? No, that was my first time going out of the country. I was going to talk about this too because yeah. since then I feel like you've become like quite the world traveler. Oh, for, and my artwork. Like when I got back, I was super inspired. It mm-hmm. like definitely put me in a different mindset just seeing something different from North Carolina and seeing a street artist out in Africa it was a dope experience you heard it here first folks it's yeah y'all are responsible all the success is because of me <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that Chris did while he was there which turned out really well was we have a women's empowerment project and they farm chickens and so he was able to do the art for their space and put a mural on it yeah that was dope that was uh, that's something i'll never forget like the looks on their faces when they saw it and the songs they sing going around the building and just how happy they were to have some artwork in that village it was it was worth the whole trip that's awesome yeah seems like maybe it's time to go back and do some more murals out there (laughs) i'm ready i want to find some time to go back yeah my schedule is so crazy right now so since then, where else have you been? In, or maybe not where else, but what's been your favorite place that you've been to out of the country? Thailand might be my second favorite after Zambia. Italy was really nice. I love the food. 
loved the beaches in Italy. And the people were, everybody was so nice in Italy. I've been to Portugal, France, Costa Rica, Colombia. I think that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a lot to all be since 2017. Since 20. Oh, wait. 19. I did all those trips in 2019, 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to tr- start traveling again. <laughs> do you feel like, and this kind of goes into a question we ask a lot of people, which is like, how do you, how do you rejuvenate your creativity? Do you ever feel like, A, you're running on like empty, like in your creative juices? And then, so then how do you get back into the swing of things? I don't think I ever get out of the swing of things. I'll get tired. I'll get sleepy. But as long as I have sleep and coffee and people around, I can always create anywhere at any time. Yeah, I can't turn it off, actually. Hmm. So it's, it's more about me finding the time and the, yeah, just getting rested and finding the time. And I can create anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Sips and Stories is sponsored by Morgan and Perry Law. Based in Fuquay Varina, serving the larger Triangle area. You won't find us in the courtroom. You'll see us reading the fine print of all the contracts that you don't want to read. We love to serve our clients in three main areas, business law, estate planning, and real estate closings. So whether you're starting a new business, writing a will and testament, or closing on the loan to your dream home, we're happy to help assist you to the finish line. Contact our office at 919-584-5293. That's 919-584-5293 for a consultation. David Morgan and Nolan Perry. Find out more at morganperrylaw.com. New from PepsiCo, just in time for summer, hard water squares. Do you wish the stuff you pour in your mouth was colder? Yeah. Are you sick of your drink being too hot? Your drink is too hot. Only our hard water squares are cold and hard. Patent pending. You can add our new hard water squares to coffee, hot cocoa, tea, really any brown liquid, bourbon, soda, there's probably more. Try hot water cubes in your next drink. Enjoy responsibly. Not applicable in every brown liquid such as 5W30 motor oil, Hershey syrup, tanning oil, or hot Nutella. So before we get too far into the episode and the coffee gets cold, we should all take a sip and we're going to try to just describe what's going on and we'll, we can start with Bethany. It's, it's a very bright coffee. I could immediately tell it was from Ethiopia. It just has that Ethiopian type of quality to it. A little bit floral, a little bit fruity. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Balanced. I actually have some of the real tasting notes here, but I want to see what Chris has to say first. What do you taste in it? Anything? I, I guess, first of all, is it good? Do you like it? Yes, it's really good. But I don't know how to sip coffee and tell you the notes or what I taste <laughs> in it. I just know if it's good or it's not good. Well, that's the only important part anyway. I don't right. think most people really know how to do that, including me. But so. one of the things we've been asking people is what, like, when you sip it, what color comes to mind? Oh, damn. Hold on. <laughs> Probably like a, a light brown. <laughs> Very literal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say a lavender. The floral, the floral notes. Mm-hmm. I So mine is from Rwanda. And I think of green, even though none of the tasting notes line up with that. So the Ethiopian coffee says candied fruit, a floral, and lime. Um, and my coffee says floral, cane sugar, and also strawberry. I feel like mine's more grassy than what those notes would dictate. It's not the fruit part of the strawberry. It's like the leaf on the top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and how, how do they get the tasting notes for the coffee? So they have people who are like Q tasters, expert. And then they do this whole like process where they smell it. They smell the actual grounds. They brew it. They taste it. 
and that gets all of the notes that, and then they just pick the most marketable ones usually and put it on the right. <laughs> so like, like a sommelier for wine. Oh, okay. There's like a similar process for coffee and it's like cue training and cue tasting. And I don't know, I'm probably revealing my ignorance here, but anyway. I got you. And they sip the coffee like this. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That didn't work out. <laughs> they choke on it. <laughs> yeah, they usually don't choke on it. Yeah. But they do spray it all over their palate because different parts of your palate can taste different kinds of flavor notes better. So you want it to get like everywhere in your mouth. It's like a really loud slurp and then even some people like like in their mouth move it around their mouth and then a lot of people spit it out because they're like tasting a lot of coffee all at once i get wine people spitting it out because they don't want to get drunk but why wouldn't you just swallow the coffee because you you can get your caffeine highs or whatever yeah if you're trying like 30 coffees that could be a lot i feel like i can handle 30 sips of coffee (laughs) every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's probably fair one question that I wanted to ask is how do you define success for yourself? I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think the easy answer would be like peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I'm as much freedom as I can find, whether it's like financial freedom or freedom for my, get as much of my time back. But for me, it's it's doing what makes me the happiest every day. So whether it's painting or sleeping or drinking coffee, I think that's success if I can do what makes me the happiest every day. That's a good definition. I like that. Yeah. But definitely peace. I think my, my peace of mind is number one. If something interrupts my peace, then I, I get away from it. Interesting. So just out of curiosity, what would you say to like other creatives or even just business owners in general? Like you're going to face adversity. So how do you reconcile those two ideas? Obviously you you don't just want to run from every adversity, but I do agree with you, right? You should have a peaceful life. That's super important. So what if, you know, does that make sense? I would say what would definitely go off of how you feel. If it feels right, do it. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. That's like my, that's like my, I guess, compass. Yeah, if something doesn't feel right, I don't force it, even if it may look or feel good, I mean, or seem good. But yeah, for sure, you're going to face adversity. But yeah, you have to go with your gut. That's That would be my advice. Yeah, I get that. I love what you're doing right now, like with fellow artists and the community. So talk about what has inspired you to branch out in that, you know, direction of having these artists of the month, featured artists of the month and just why and what's the goal there and all that. So this past January, we started the featured artist of the month where we'll have a different artist come in every month. And we have a, a room in the gallery where they hang as much work or sell whatever they want to sell in that back room. And we feature them on our social media pages, on the website. And we just do free promotion for a local artist. And the goal behind it is to, one, collaborate with other artists in the area and to give them free promotion. Because I, I was an artist that was trying to get my artwork in galleries in Raleigh and bigger places other than social media or hanging them in family houses. So I know it's a struggle to get your artwork seen. So I wanted to have a space where anybody, any local artist can sign up as long as the month is available and, and get their artwork seen by the public. That's awesome. And, and every first Friday of the month, we have that featured artist Live paintings for Meet the Artist Night every first Friday from 7 to 10. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I love this month's artist. I don't know. I think I showed you, but maybe not. It's like she does a lot of cartoon characters, but the way she compiles it all and stuff is really neat. I like it a lot. Yeah, her name is Tiffany Wilson. That's or, awesome. Or Tiffy Inks. I'll have to check her out. I We were at the one where Scott Coates was there. That one was awesome. That like big like lion installation. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, Scott is dope. Yeah, he has a like a eight ten foot lion hanging in the gallery that he made out of duck feathers and music instruments. And you you got to come see it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, we want to come every first Friday. It's just like daggone kids, you know, <laughs> living that bring, parent life. <laughs> can bring the daggone kids. Yeah. I like I was reading your website while you guys were talking, speaking about kids. There's an FAQ section about tattoos and it's like, can I bring my kids? And your answer is really funny. I prefer you leave your kids at home. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even know that was on there. But, but, but they probably should stay at home. Right. During the tattoo <laughs> session. Yeah, for sure. What is there any type of like emotional response that you're trying to create in your artwork? No, no emotional response. I, I don't put a lot of thought into it. I'm just like a a conduit. Mm-hmm. And I just paint whatever comes out of me. Like I said, I enjoy it just like everybody else mm-hmm. in real time. So I don't have a I don't have an objective before I start and I don't expect a react a certain reaction from the public. I just create it and let it do what it do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this may be a leap, but is what you just described why your logo is a light bulb because it's like a conduit for light? Yes. No, that, that's a brand new thought. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> no, no. The, the light bulb with the, it's a light bulb with a brain inside. And it's, it's just supposed to be, it's supposed to be just a um, reminder to think and to um, take chances and, like you said earlier, Bethany, to say yes to more stuff. And it's, yeah, it's supposed to be just a, a positive and I guess an affirmation mm-hmm. for, for all your thoughts. But yeah, I, I like the conduit. All right. Analogy. I'm going to put a little TM beside that logo <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, what can you tell us of a time when you, because you just talked about taking risks and was there a time where you took a risk in your entrepreneurial or your creative like life that paid off that kind of has marked your career? Or was it just like a bunch of small things over time? Yes, yeah, it's, it's constantly, it, I'm taking constant risks, but I think the one that stands out when you asked me that was signing my first lease. I never signed a commercial lease, so mm-hmm. that was a risk. But it worked out. But uh, I think all of them, every time I commit to any job or any new thing, it's going to be a risk because I'm investing all of my time, sometimes a lot of money, and hoping that it works out. But I think signing the lease was probably the first big risk I took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, every tattoo is a risk because mm-hmm. it's permanent. Right. <laughs> I've heard this. I don't know that I understand it, but it says art can't be created without risk. Is that true? A hundred percent true. Explain that to me and everyone else. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You said art can't be created without risk. Mm -hmm. You can have an idea of what you want to create, but you, you got to trust yourself and trust the vibe, trust the energy in the room and, Hope it comes out good. Hope somebody likes it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Do you remember the first time you got paid for doing art? Was that like, is that something you remember clearly? Like when people open up a business, they hang up the first dollar. Do you have a, do you have a memory of that? I don't remember the first time I got paid to do my artwork, but I remember the first time I got paid to do a tattoo. Mm-hmm. So when I first started tattooing, I did tattoos for free. For the first, I think, six, eight weeks. Is that pretty common, building a portfolio kind of a thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. You yeah. got to gain people's trust. Mm-hmm. Show You got to build a portfolio before you name your price. Yeah. But 
I did a um, a dog portrait on this guy's back. He his dog had got hit by a car. His dog died. I did the portrait on his back, and he loved it so much he tipped me a hundred dollars. But the portrait was free, so that's when I started charging for tattoos. You're like, all right, I did it. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I think you've answered this before. I think I've asked you this, but what? Give me an example where. It just, the tattoo just did not go well. Man, I have a bunch of those. <laughs> My first two years probably didn't go well. <laughs> but every tattoo I think goes well while I'm doing it. But then when I look back after I got better, I'm like, damn, I should have did this different. Mm -hmm. But I've misspelled a bunch of tattoos. I've, uh, oh, man, I would do that. I'm so bad at spelling. I know I would. <laughs> that's a lot of risk there what do you do fix it sometimes i can fix it sometimes the tattoo is free <laughs> you know, sometimes i'll cover it up with a totally different design yeah it's just it's part of tattooing mm -hmm. every, every artist has misspelled a tattoo i'm sure yeah yeah it's almost <laughs> so it's risk on both sides <laughs> exactly yeah if you're going to get words tattooed across you you need to be prepared that one of them maybe misspelled. They, they share a little ownership, right? They're watching you tattoo. They know that's not how it's spelled. Like I two mean, hours later, you're like, wait a second. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I try to get the client to go check it out before I start, but sometimes we both overlook, make simple mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, people are doing like books now. You do right. a lot of tattoos like that where it's like a paragraph or two? Not anymore. I, I used to do a lot of script and words, but uh, I, I'm more of animals, portraits, bigger pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Hobbit doors. I do doors too. <laughs> Next time you come in, she's going to have a two and a half foot square <laughs> Hobbit door on her back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't think I'd do it, but maybe I should get matching doors. <laughs> yeah, right? She could get the, the door and then it's open. And then through that, you can see your door. Oh, what if it, oh yeah, like it's like, tattoo. it's like starting to open up and you can see half my face. <laughs> Man, that would be tight. But you're in like Lord of the Rings, like goblin, a goblin outfit or something. Sure. <laughs> if people had a bad idea for a tattoo and you just like veto, like, no, nope, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like I got some bad tattoo ideas. <laughs> I don't think any ideas are bad, but I I will make suggestions, put my own twist to it. I'll yeah. try to, but if sometimes have exactly what they want done and where they want it, and I have to do it exactly how they say, or I'll just turn down the whole tattoo. Right. Be like, yeah, that's if, not it, my, if it's not like, you don't want your name on that. Exactly. <laughs> if do you it's have too any crazy. good examples that you're willing to share of ones that you are just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. No, because it's probably happened twice in the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. So I don't really turn down clients because the process is we'll have a consult from the consult we'll like both agree on an idea price and then it's normally booked months out from there mm -hmm. so I yeah I don't have people like walk in and then I not tattoo them yeah they got months to think about it right. that's a good feature there mm -hmm. yeah but just in general do you think you rejected them because it was like literally impossible or like the subject matter was it's just something pornographic. Yeah. <laughs> like nah. offensive. No, nah, I don't get, I haven't gotten anything like that. Maybe in, I can't even remember. Maybe never. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not like that with tattooing. Okay. Here's some of my bad tattoo ideas. Like I want to get a tattoo, but I can't think of anything good, but I thought it'd be really uh, like funny slash stupid to get a oh, very gosh. photorealistic bandaid, like an actual size. Oh that's my god! It's not a bad tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I like tattooing stuff like that. And you Anything remember the uh, that Operation board game? Yep. Get like the bread box, like right <laughs> where it goes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like somebody's trying to get it. There are dad jokes, <laughs> and now there are dad tattoos. Dad tattoos. <laughs> Those are dad tats. <laughs> I feel like I would get something, and then like when I was a kid, I really liked Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. People got yeah, that as too. a tattoo, and then you're like 40 years old, and you're like. Is Taz still cool? What if Taz gets canceled? We don't know. It could happen. <laughs> but we I could still, do something really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> See, but for that, I still feel like it represents that era that portion and that, and that time, yeah. even if it's ultimately not what you would choose today. Yeah. I think for people, 
Let me ask you this, Chris, because I bet for people that don't have one yet, there's all this risk. If you already have one, it's, it's another tattoo. Don't worry about it. Is that true? Like people's right. first tattoo is like a giant mental hurdle. And then like their second tattoo, they're like, yeah, I like, I like my cat. Yeah. Put that, my cat right there. That's exactly, you know? <laughs> that's exactly how it works. And like you were saying, David, it's like, I look at my tattoos like a timeline. So if it's something that I got when I was 18 and I'm not into it anymore, still I can look back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a timeline. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Have you gotten any tattoos recently? I got my throat done in Atlanta last September. Is that a very painful place to get a tattoo? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not why people don't start there often, huh? Like the first one is a right. neck sleeve. Is that called a neck sleeve? I don't know what to call it. I just Man. made that up. Right. <laughs> Was yeah. the cat part, like you got that done in September too? Is that a jaguar? No, I have a lion on the left side of my neck, uh-huh. elephant on the right side, okay, and an African queen on my throat. That's awesome. Yep. I love it. I like the elephant. Appreciate it, man. What are you most excited about, like, right now? Like, like in art or just in just, life? Just in life. I'm most excited about Art Explosure this weekend. Ooh. May 21st, May 22nd. Nice. It's a two-day festival. I'll be set up from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh-huh. selling my art. I'll be live painting on Fayetteville Street in downtown Raleigh. That's awesome. So I'll be selling art and painting in front of thousands of people for two days straight. That's so awesome. That's what's fresh on my mind right now. But That's super cool. But I'm excited every day about everything, really. Yeah. Knowing you, I can verify that's, like, real. That's true. <laughs> and I don't know. I think when Damon and I walked into your gallery, there's a lot of people that have big dreams but a lot of people don't put in the work over a long stretch of time to see it to reality. And I don't know when we like stepped into the gallery, I was just like, man, like Chris, he's done it. And I know it's not over or anything like that, but it was just like such a knowing you from when you were tattooing in your dad's house to then like here, I was like, wow. Like, just so much, like, pride for you and excitement for you. And I'm excited to see where you're at in 10 more years. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, yeah, I do feel like I'm just getting started. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I'm just, I don't know, it feels weird when I hear people say, look where you're at now because I don't know how to say this. But, but I, I feel like I just create art. And I'm, I'm not in control of what I'm creating or where it's taking me. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have a goal, yeah. really. I feel like you were already, like, living from that. Like, your posture hasn't changed. Does that make sense? Like, you're, like, in your mind. You're still, like, in the same position. It's just that now your surroundings match what it already was. Does that make sense? Yes. That's dope to hear it like that, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I read a study. It was interesting not too long ago that the most productive we are, like they say, the most value that we produce in our specific field is like between the ages of 64 and 75. What? Isn't that interesting? No way. Yeah, man. I didn't believe it either. But aren't most people retired by then? Oh, oh, dead. (laughs) (laughs) Dead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the study was about the quality of the work, like the most uh, impactful, probably not the most money, for sure. Because uh, by then, okay. I'm probably going to be like in front of Walmart being like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know how to reconcile that fact, but if, if I'm trying, then I would say it does make sense because I think a lot of people, and to me personally, this is a mistake, but they go their whole lives and they just work in order to make money, and then after they have the financial freedom finally when they're 65, then they'll do what they've been hoping to do for 50 years. And then, uh, spoiler alert, when you do what you want, you're, it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I That's agree. For sure. 
But so, I think you look at some people that age well in their profession, like Ridley Scott. He's making movies still, TV shows. He's in his 70s. That's true. And doing really great work. I think artists do this really well because there's not a lot of physical limitations for artists and artists just keep getting better and better. Oh, right. Yeah. You saying artists made me think of the opposite, which would be like NBA players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think NBA players I are still doing think, their best work at I 60. I still think Michael Jordan would just destroy me at 74 if we play better. He'd destroy 18-year-old me at well, basketball. <laughs> well, sure, sure. But that's different. That's apples and oranges. <laughs> oh, man. This has been fun. Anything else you want to say to creative people out there who may be listening or any topics we didn't talk about you want to before we head out of here? Say to all creatives or entrepreneurs to do the work, work hard, and it works out. Of course, you get out of whatever. You get out what you put in. Would you recommend artists start with being a tattoo artist? Is that a good way to start? Did it work for you? Would you recommend it to others? No, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's a, a tricky, it's a tricky lane. It, I, w- I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend it, but like I said, if it, it takes a lot of your time. You can't tattoo part-time and be good at it. Mm-hmm. You, you got to put a lot of time into it. So here's one question I wanted to ask before we leave. So if today, for some reason, you could no longer tattoo or paint, what would you do? I'd be full-time in a real estate investor. For the money so that you could survive? Or like, let's just say, like money was not a thing. Oh, okay. So you mean as far as my, like, backup passion? There you go, yeah. While you're thinking about that, this one makes no sense, but it just is true for me. I would want to be the person that like somebody calls and they'll, oh, there's a raccoon in my attic. Someone's got to come get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, or like a wildlife ranger that deals with wild animals. I don't know why. That's just super intriguing. It's fun. Yeah. Ever since I watched Yellowstone, the first thing that came to my mind is like, I want to be Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who like, does that? Yeah, but that seems so stressful to own that whole farm and all that. Yeah, but it's cool. (laughs) I think everyone thinks that they are stressed out at work all the time. So it's not unique to anyone, but going and just trapping animals seems so simple. It's like, this doesn't stress me out. What do we got today? There's a bunch of squirrels in the basement. Let's see what we can do, Bob. It just seems fun. I don't know. You can't make that stressful. I want to make a fake ad for that, put music under it and be like, David Morgan, do you have weird animals in your house? I think it's probably also because I worked for a couple of summers in pest control, which is somewhat. Also, his grandpa is a trapper who like helps like farmers in the Virginia mountains, like trap coyotes and things like that. Yeah. So it's I, in his blood. I, I did that in college a little bit. You want to hear a story that's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit colorful. 100%. So I started working uh, in these apartment complexes out of college just to get side money. And I ended up being like a caretaker. Then the guy liked me. So he brought me on staff and I was doing maintenance requests, which I didn't really know much about. But part of that's catching animals. And there was a guy there. His name was Tom. He was probably in his 70s. Super nice guy. And he was showing me the ropes. We got a call that there was a squirrel in the wall. They'd basically been doing some drywall repair somewhere and a squirrel had gotten in the wall and stuck in there and you could hear him running around in there. Oh, no. And so Tom was showing me like how to catch a squirrel in a wall. And he's like, all right, this is what you do. Basically, you just find out what they are. And he starts knocking around on the wall. And he's like, see about the squirrel right there? And he had a spade bit on a DeWalt cordless. And he was like, you just <laughs> wait until they're about right, yeah, about right there. And, you just <laughs> and then we cut the wall open and got the squirrel. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow. A little dark. <laughs> yeah, but that's impressive. Yeah, he was an impressive guy. Wait, so like it took one try. One and try. He drilled he a try one. Yeah, it was it was very impressive. I never had the opportunity to try that technique myself again. Like that <laughs> never came up again. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I wasn't present for this, but my grandpa once supposedly, there's a lot of people that have verified this, killed a bear with a knife. Wow. Yeah, but he came up. See, that's very Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is. You said he came up behind it and slit his throat like it was an execution? Like he snuck up on the bear? He was minding his own business? No, he was not minding his own business. It was in a dog fight. So that's what you do when you bear hunt. 
is you have dogs that are trained to go after the bear. But like sometimes the bears don't go up a tree. They instead choose to fight. Yep. And then you've got a problem because obviously they this, can kill a dog. This episode took a very non-PETA-approved yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. PETA will never stop. PETA, please this. don't listen. <laughs> anyway, we can cut all this if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> We're revealing David's West Virginia background. <laughs> I joke people all the time. I joke about this. I think it was, what, three generations from coal miner to attorney? Yeah. I, that's, you know, got to be still in my blood somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Over to answer your question, <laughs> I, I was thinking that whole time. I really can't think of a, a backup passion, only because I've been so consumed in art, yeah, for so long. Like I can't even think of anything I would enjoy doing seven days a week. Maybe traveling. I love coffee. I love meeting people. I have a show idea for you. Okay. All right like tv show chris traveling the world it would be called man that's crazy and you're just like trying like different coffees different food oh, man that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and he, as you try right. it yeah. man that's crazy <laughs> that's dope that's his catchphrase by the way if you didn't know <laughs> i like that this has been awesome chris thanks yeah. so much for being on the show and we look up to you an inspiration to us so we're just happy you came on thank y'all i appreciate y'all having me absolutely thanks for listening to sips and stories with david and bethany morgan this podcast was produced by podcast carrie please consider leaving us a review at apple podcasts and follow the show on social media at sips and stories podcasts